You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Investing in healthcare. As doctors, we all invest an inordinate amount of time and energy in the system. But what about money? Should we be investing our hard earned dollars back into the healthcare system? What will it yield? Welcome to the Art of Investing. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Jeffrey Feldman, founder and chairman of XShares Group, LLC, a financial services company based in New York, where he created the intellectual property underpinning XShares vertical investment approach. Mr. Feldman has been involved in investment advisory, retail brokerage, private equity investing, academics, and teaching for the past 39 years. Welcome to the show, Mr. Feldman. Thank you. I was wondering if you could describe for us the current investment offerings that exist in the healthcare sector today. We have created a series of exchange-traded funds that we call health shares, which is quite different from the other offerings that are available. Almost all of the mutual funds and exchange-traded funds or ETFs that are available today are market cap weighted and therefore are oriented towards the larger market cap companies, which are the pharmaceutical companies. We have created a series of what we call vertical portfolios, which leave out the pharmaceutical companies, in fact, leave out every company with more than $15 billion of market cap, and divide the healthcare industry into its logical subsectors or therapeutic areas. So we have an ETF for cancer companies, companies that are seeking to treat cancer. We have an ETF for ophthalmology companies, for infectious disease companies, for cardiology companies, for neuroscience companies, for, in fact, for the 11 major therapeutic areas of medicine. We also have other ETFs that are divided by devices and therapeutics and by geographic areas such as Europe and Asia. How did you come up with the idea? I mean, it's brilliant. A couple of reasons. First of all, healthcare is a $2 trillion industry growing at 9% a year. 45 million people have no health insurance. The costs are out of control for Medicare and Medicaid. And the baby boom generation is only 43 to 61 years of age, 78 million people who are still relatively healthy. At this point in time, we have over 120 million people with chronic illness just as the baby boom is starting to get older and they're aging into a broken system. The pharmaceutical industry, where we have most of our money invested and from where we get most of our therapies, is about treating symptoms. But we mapped the genome five years ago, and the biotech industry is now developing therapeutics that can actually deal with the underlying disease. And the development of vaccines, for example, by these companies can perform much more efficaciously than treating symptoms. If you have high cholesterol, then you're going to take a statin for the rest of your life. But if you can develop a vaccine, and there are companies developing vaccines that can modify the DNA of the body so it doesn't generate cholesterol, you can deal with the problem in the short term. It may be an expensive treatment today. It may cost five or $10,000. But over the long term, you're going to save a lot of money, and the system's going to save a lot of money, and you're not going to have the side effects that are going to develop from taking a drug for 20 or 30 years. Our audience is physicians. I remember years ago, Peter Lynch used to say you should invest in what you know. So if we take that theory to the next level, then every oncologist should be buying your cancer ETF. ETFs are an agnostic portfolio. They're based upon an index. There is no active management. So we have a series of screens that we pass companies through to determine which vertical they belong in. And once we define them, 
Then we group the, the largest companies that come through that screen, say 25 of them, to define a space. And when you say invest in what you know, I completely agree with you. But the fact of the matter is somebody who's knowledgeable about these companies, a physician, for example, might look at them and say, I don't like any of these therapies. I think they're overvalued and may decide to short the ETF. And from the point of view of a creator or, and sponsor of, of this type of investment, we're agnostic about that because we get paid on assets under management. And in order for somebody to short the ETF, it still has to be created. So we see this as a portfolio tool for people who are knowledgeable. And yes, an endocrinologist probably is familiar with the 25 companies that we have in our metabolic and endocrine disease portfolio, and therefore is likely to have an opinion about those companies. In general, that's really the point of health shares. If I were to say to your audience, you ought to invest in agriculture, people would say, what do you mean agriculture? Which commodity should I invest in? I understand that the economics of wheat are different than the economics of corn or different than the economics of soybeans. Well, agriculture is less than 1% of the economy. Healthcare is 16 times as large, but we've never had the financial tools in healthcare that we've had in agriculture. We understand that we can analyze how much acreage there is available for wheat, what the productivity is, what the demand is, and then we can go to the Chicago Board of Trade and we can execute a trade. But actuaries have been keeping insurance companies profitable for decades by subdividing the healthcare industry and figuring out how many people are going to get a certain disease and how much it costs to treat that disease. We don't do that type of analysis in the investment business because what are you going to do with the information once you get it? When we divided healthcare into these verticals, we understood, for example, that the business of treating cancer is a hundred times larger than the business of wheat. And it, it lends itself or is susceptible to very detailed analysis. And so a physician who's living in that world certainly viscerally, if nothing else, has got an analytical advantage over the rest of the market and therefore has the opportunity to express an opinion in the marketplace. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and joining me today is Jeffrey Feldman, founder and chairman of XShares Group, LLC. Mr. Feldman, I'd like to explore this topic of vertical investing because it's a little foreign to me. So just keep going, keep talking about it. Well, I think if you go back to the beginning of mutual funds, which I actually predate, they really began in earnest after ERISA in, in 1974. The history of investing in portfolios is horizontal. A money manager takes money from a group of investors and looks across the economy, perhaps, to pick the best company in each sector, or eventually the market got large enough so that we could look at a sector. If you looked at healthcare in 1980, it was a relatively stable business, not much new technology, not much increase in demand. Therefore, the big players are going to dominate the business, and you want to invest horizontally across the top of the industry. But when an industry is undergoing rapid change in technology, as we are in healthcare today, and rapid increase in demand, those companies, which are kind of trapped in their capital structure, are not the companies that are going to bring you the innovations. If you look at the Internet explosion, that revolution was not brought to you by the companies across the top, Hewlett-Packard, IBM, and Digital Equipment. It was brought to you by companies down underneath the top and companies that, that at the time you'd never heard of, like AOL and Yahoo. Similarly, in this revolution that's taking place in healthcare, 
as we move from pharmaceuticals to customized medicine or pharmacogenomics. It's not going to be Pfizer, Merck, Wyeth, etc., who have their patented drugs that they want doctors to prescribe, but rather the companies in the biotech industry down underneath the top or the cream of the crop or the best of breed or whatever phrase you want to use. So you want to invest vertically at a time of great change, not horizontally. But if you simply use modern portfolio theory to invest vertically in healthcare, you're going to make a lot of mistakes because it's very hard to look at a drug in phase two or phase three trials and try to handicap whether or not that drug is ultimately going to be commercialized. The opportunity exists, however, because there's a critical mass of companies working in each therapeutic areas to group the companies that are working on the same thing together and therefore to build a portfolio where you get exposure to innovation and mitigation of risk. How are the health shares doing compared to other, let's say, horizontal shares? We launched our first set of products on January 23rd and our second set on March 12th, and we have uh, 18 funds trading. And what's most important about them is that there's a completely wide range of performance. Our small cap cancer fund is down about 12% year to date, and our respiratory pulmonary fund is up about 16% year to date, and the other funds are performing at levels in between there. So what we have demonstrated is that the economics of the various healthcare sectors are different from each other, just like the economics of different commodities are different from each other. And so in the short run, the answer to your question is some are performing better than broad indexes and some are performing worse. The fact of the matter is that since all of these companies are going after the same thing, some would knowledge about that therapeutic area, as I said earlier, if they think it's overpriced, then they want to short it and they want it to go down. The other thing you can do is you can trade these against each other because there are some interrelationships between them. For example, we have a portfolio of diagnostics companies. Well, any physician is going to understand that the better the diagnosis, the less you're going to spend on therapy. So there starts to be an inverse relationship between diagnostics and therapeutics. I can tell you that what first captured my attention was the HHA, which is the anti-inflammatory shares that you have. I personally think the future of medicine is in biologics. How did you even come up with that particular topic? I mean, who, who, who told you to do it? We agree with you. I mean, we consulted with a number of physicians and biotech specialists. We were looking for areas where there's a good deal of money being invested in research and where there's a need for better products. And certainly that's an area, along with infectious disease, where that's true. The other two areas that we think are going to be very, very substantial growers is diagnostics and the enabling technologies or the platforms on which biomarkers and DNA are analyzed. Mr. Feldman, do you hire physicians to work for you? We have physicians that work for us as consultants. We do not have any physicians on staff. We have some people with biotech experience. But in biologics and biotech in general, it's very difficult to have sufficient expertise in all the therapeutic areas of medicine. You would have to have a staff of 15 or 20 people. So rather than do that, we simply consult with experts as needed. How do you narrow down the choices you make for each company that's put in each health share? Remember that ETFs are managed to an index. There is no portfolio manager. So we have to create a rule set, a priori, that we apply to the entire biotech industry, and we define the rule set in such a way so that it will manifest for us the companies that are working in a particular area. We want the company to have most of its research and development in that therapeutic area, 
and a significant percentage of its commercialized products designed for that therapeutic area. What do you see happening in the next five years, and what do you think is going to happen 10 years from now? I think over the next five to 10 years, we're going to see a revolution in healthcare. The baby boom generation is aging, and I think that that demographic is very, very important. Baby boomers are 43 to 61 years of age. People who are 43 and basically healthy think they're immortal. They never think about their demise. You get to be 50 and you start to have some aches and pains and you start to think about it a little bit. And so I think there's going to be tremendous demands put on the political system to change. And the fact of the matter is that the technology exists in the laboratories right now for us to make the shift from therapy to prevention and cure. I'd like to thank our guest, Jeff Feldman of XShares Group. I'm Dr. Larry Casco, and you've been listening to The Art of Investing on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. 